Welcome to Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Are you looking for a genuine relationship with God to experience His joy and His love, eliminate doubt and fear in your life, and find your God-given purpose? Today on Freedom Talk, you'll find answers in today's message through God's Word. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. The title of the message today is Learning to Be Content. You know, there's a man that was marooned on a desolate island, and after he had been there for five years, he was found and rescued. Kind of a little funny story here. As he climbed into the rescue boat, the curious rescuers noticed that there were three grass huts. We thought you were alone, they said. Why, why are there three huts? They asked. The man replied, well, the first hut is my home. The second hut is my church. Well, they said, well, what about the third hut? They said, well, that's the church that I used to belong to. (laughs) The grass is always greener on the other side, right? The other side of the island has maybe has the better church that you've set up for yourself. The other hut But all along, being discontent with your current situation and where you're at right now is something that has to be dealt with on the inside, doesn't it? And we try to change everything else, thinking that that's what's really causing the discontentment. But really, it all stems from what's going on on the inside of us. Let's take a look at what the definition of content is. Is. It means to be satisfied, to be pleased, gratified, fulfilled, happy, cheerful, glad, unworried, untroubled, at ease, at peace, tranquil, serene. We all want that, don't we? We all want to be content. We all want to be in that place of peace, and yet everything around us is moving so fast And everybody's got to have the latest things. And there's a pace of life that just seems to move so much faster than it really needs to. And we want to be in God's presence and enjoy the peace and the contentment that comes by simply having that relationship with him. There's a story of uh, two men who were both seriously ill, and they occupied the same hospital room. One man was allowed to sit up in his bed for an hour each afternoon to help drain the fluid from his lungs. His bed was next to the room's only window. The other man had to spend all of his time flat on his back. Oh, the men, they talked for hours on end. They spoke of their wives and their families and their homes, their jobs, their involvement in military service and when they had last been on vacation. Every afternoon when the man in bed by the window could sit up, he would pass the time by describing to his roommate all the things he could see outside the window. The man in the other bed began to live for that one-hour period where his world would be broadened and enlivened by all the activity and the color of the world that was being described outside. The window overlooked a park, a beautiful park with a lovely lake. Ducks and swans played 
on the water while children sailed their model boats. Young lovers walked arm in arm amidst flowers of every color and a fine view of the city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man by the window described all of this exquisite detail, the man on the other side of the room would close his eyes and imagine the picturesque scene. Well, one warm afternoon, the man by the window described a parade passing by. Although the other man couldn't hear the band, he could see it in his mind's eye as the gentleman by the window portrayed it with descriptive words. Days and weeks passed. One morning, the day nurse arrived to bring water for their baths only to find the lifeless body of the man by the window who had died peacefully in his sleep. She was saddened and called the hospital attendants to take the body away. As soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved next to the window. The nurse was happy to make the switch, and after making sure he was comfortable, she left him alone. Slowly, painfully, he propped himself up on one elbow to take his first look at the real world outside. He strained to slowly turn to look out the window beside the bed. It faced a blank wall. The man asked the nurse what could have compelled his deceased roommate who had described such wonderful things outside his window. The nurse responded that the man was blind and could not even see the wall that was there. She said perhaps he just wanted to encourage you. I think a lot of times, I think we can be like that man. We think if I could just be where that other person is, I could have what they have. I would be content if I could have and see what they see. All too often, when we do get those things, we realize that the contentment had nothing to do with those things. It had everything to do with what was going on inside of us. Amen? I hope that you have dreams. I hope that you have visions and goals for your life, things that you want God to do in your life. That's important. But while you and I are waiting for those things to happen, we will grow and enjoy life if we learn the practice of contentment. If you're single, wanting to get married, or maybe you're married, believing God to have a baby. Maybe you're wanting to advance in your job. Maybe you want to buy a house. Being unhappy and frustrated, wondering if it's ever going to happen, won't make things happen any sooner. In fact, being discontent may prolong those things because of an attitude that God cannot bless. That would be a good place for an amen. It got real quiet there. It got real quiet. Philippians, let's take a look at Philippians 4, 11 through 13. You know, Paul learned this, he even spoke of it. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says, very famous verse, we can all quote it, I can do all things, all things, no matter what state or environment I find myself in, no matter what season I find myself in, it doesn't matter. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I have learned 
to be content. That means he had to go through a process of learning that choice and learning that ability to be content in whatever he faced. Now, if the Apostle Paul had to learn how to be content, do you think, don't you think we need to do the same? Amen. Contentment doesn't happen automatically, does it? It is a choice that we have to make. It doesn't mean that we give up on our dreams, but it does mean that we stop being frustrated and start trusting God's timing. Trust that he is working behind the scenes, putting everything together for you. In the meantime, our job is to enjoy this season that we are in right now. It takes practice to do that, doesn't it? Especially with everything that's going on, you know, everything that we just prayed for, you know, if you think about it, if you really start thinking about it, you'd start freaking out (laughs) because we live in such a chaotic world. But how do you be content? How do you learn to be content with all those things going on? Well, it's something that we choose and it's something that we practice and it's something that we learn over time with the help of the Holy Spirit. Some situations will not change until we change. Let me say that again. Some situations will not change until we change. And God is using your current season to do a work in you and in me. When you are content, you are growing. You're developing character. Your faith is being strengthened. Isn't it true that you don't grow in good times when everything is going your way? You grow when there is pressure, right? Like a seed that's in the ground, it's trying to emerge through the soil and the rocks and that hard ground. It is pushing and there's pressure also that it can emerge, emerge above that ground and begin to be everything that it was designed to be. You may feel like being sour under the pressure, but choose to have joy, choose to be happy. You could easily complain and say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on and and move into bitterness. Or you can say, Lord, I thank you for another great day that you have made. And I will look for the good in it. I will look for what you're doing in the midst of all these situations because you're a God of miracles. It's all about our perspective, isn't it? It's all about our attitude in the midst of everything that we're going through. And having the right attitude and having a sense of contentment through all the things that you're going through, will cause you to pass the test. Instead of trying to change your situation, let the situation change you on the inside. Amen? Amen. Grow in the season that you are in. There's something wrong if you're always discontent. There's something wrong if you're always discontent. I don't like my job. These kids are driving me crazy, and they're on my nerves. How long will I be in this apartment? Discontentment will keep you right where you are instead of moving forward. When I was called into ministry, I, was, I let my leaders know that I was called into ministry, they, and the church I was going to, what they do is if you're called into ministry and you're called to be a pastor, they hand you a broom, and they say this is where it begins. You immediately, if you go on staff at the church that I was at, a very large church, you start out to be a minister, you start out in the janitor department. You start out on facilities. I had a big team of guys training for ministry 
and all we did was clean toilets. Clean toilets. And there's a whole lot of toilets at that church, and I can tell you about each one of them. And all the things that you see, all the things that you pick up and clean, and all at the same time, you're working as hard as you can and are expected to have a good attitude. Well, I had already been through a lot of training about eight years before that where I was trained with a pastor. I called it my Jedi training where I was called to the carpet on attitude and things like that. So when I got to facilities and being a janitor, it was a piece of cake because I had already dealt with all those inner issues. But there's some guys that were on there that would be on facilities for four years, five years, because the stuff that was going inside on inside of them was like a cycle. And until they dealt with the negativity, until they dealt with their own flesh and all those things, they were not allowed to be promoted. And I lasted for about eight months on facilities, and I got called out. And you know it's because leaders and people are watching you. It's the same in the workplace, that when you're doing your best and you're giving it your all and you have a great attitude, what do the people that are the managers do? They say promotion, promotion, promotion. We want to replicate that in our company. Every good company does that. My father, would he was a district uh, superintendent over 10 stores, the Smart and Final stores. He would go to other places, other establishments. He would hire. But what would he do? He'd bring a stack of business cards with him. And if he saw a good worker at another location who didn't work for the company that he worked for, what did he do? He started handing out those business cards. Hey, you're a great worker with a great attitude. Come work with us, and we'll pay you a lot more than you're making right here. And that's how he hired. And that's what people are looking for when it comes to promotion, your attitude, your contentment, your positivity in, in all the things that we go through. That will help you to pass the test. Somebody needs to hear that today. Make sure that you pass the test. You know, when you in grade school, when you pass the test, you get to go up to the next uh, level, right? And God will get you there, but you got to work on what's going on inside first. David knew this, even as a young boy, as a shepherd boy, David knew this. In 1 Samuel 16, David was anointed as the next king of Israel long before it ever happened. And if you look at 1 Samuel 16, 10, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before the prophet Samuel. Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. So Samuel knew this wasn't it but he knew there was something else. He anoints David because David had that heart after God's own heart. And here is David fully content, doing his job, spending time with the Lord, playing his harp, singing songs to the Lord while he's looking over and protecting the sheep. And he did an amazing job at protecting those sheep. There's a lion at one point, a bear, and with courage, he faced those enemies off and took them on. And all this time, God is watching this young boy, and he says, that's the one that's going to rise up. I'm going to anoint, and that's the one that's going to lead my people. God sees it all, doesn't he? He sees it all.
David could have thought to himself, God, I have great dreams, and you have anointed me to be the next king of Israel. So why am I stuck out here with a bunch of sheep? You know, have you ever had that? You, you had the vision, you have the dream, you know that God's doing things in your life, you've seen it, but you feel like you're stuck. Uh, called into ministry, I was called into ministry and then spent eight years doing nothing that had to do with preaching, but everything to do with getting delivered, you know, getting set free. David understood this principle. He didn't live stressed out. He didn't live frustrated. He bloomed where he was planted. He knew that God was in control and he kept just being his best at what he was doing, going to work. He went to work with a good attitude, grateful for where he was because he was content and he was content in the shepherd's field and knew that he had the promise and that made him pass the test. Being discontent will follow you wherever you go. You try to change, well, I just need to change the situation. I need to change the scenery. I need to change the relationship, change the marriage, and everything will be greener on the other side. And that discontentment will follow you wherever you go. If you don't learn to be content where you are right now, even if you do make it to those dreams and they come to pass in your life, you still won't be content there either, right? Because contentment has to be a learned practice in your life right now. You may be happy for a little while with the the new changes, but the truth is being discontent will follow you wherever you go. You know, there was a man who heard this loud pitched noise. It was very annoying. So he thought he heard it upstairs, so he went upstairs. He thought he heard it downstairs, so he went downstairs. He thought it was up in the attic, so he went up into the attic, and there the noise was too. The sound didn't go away. Turns out the sound was coming from the cell phone in his pocket. The sound went, the annoying sound went with him wherever he went, and the same is true of discontentment. It will go with you, that ugly, annoying sound of your own discontentment will follow you wherever you go, no matter what your situation is, until you deal with it and turn that thing off in your heart. Amen? Amen. Paul learned to be content in whatever season he was. We know that from Scripture. And you have to train yourself to live a contented life, don't you? Content when you have a lot and content when you don't have a lot. Content whether your children are in diapers or they're in college. Content in maintenance or content in management. You have the grace that you need right now to enjoy each season. If things aren't happening like you want, that is a test. Will you be like David and bloom where you're planted? Or will you you choose to enjoy that season and not just endure it? There is great wealth in contentment. What would happen to our lives if we practiced more often being content in every situation and every season. What about money? Instead of trying to have all the latest things, why not practice enjoying the things that we have right now? How about all the money that we spend because we feel like we're discontent? If I just had that thing, then I would be happy. What about wasted time? How much 
time have we wasted in life trying to fill the void instead of practicing to be content? Jesus said in Matthew 6, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Are you content with who you are? God loves you just the way you are. He made you just the way you are. Are you content with that? You know, the Bible talks about that, about the fact that having that relationship with God and having that in-line relationship with him has everything to do with a comparison to being someone who has great gain, who is very wealthy in the spirit because they are content. Don't try to be someone else. Be content with who you are. If you're always trying to be somebody else, who's going to be you? Amen? You can't let your happiness be based on what you have or what you don't have. Your happiness isn't based on who likes you or doesn't like you. Amen. Learn to be content in whatever season you are. Content in the shepherd's field. Content in the palace. Content in the old car, especially if it's a classic. And content in the new car. Amen. Content in the apartment and content in the nice house. Content when your dreams come to pass and content while you're waiting. True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Or another translation, that's the New Living, another translation, the New King James says, uh, true godliness with contentment is great gain. There are single people who wish they weren't single. There are married people who wish they weren't married. (laughs) There's white people sitting in tanning booths wishing they were darker. There's dark people putting cream on their skin to be lighter. People with curly hair go to the salon to get straight hair. People with straight hair go to the salon to get a perm. People with no hair go to the salon to buy some hair. There's, listen, there's nothing wrong with improving and showing your style, but don't always wish you were something different than you are right now. Be content with who God made you to be. The apostle Paul wrote, I've learned to be content. And do you know that he wrote that in some of the most horrendous situations you could ever imagine? He was in prison, most letters that he wrote, and the conditions of those prisons, some, will, some commentators will even describe that he was half to two-thirds in, in sewage in some of those prisons. And he's writing, I've learned to be content in whatever situation and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How amazing that he could do that and be that way in some of the most horrible situations, not even knowing if he was gonna live the next day. But he had joy, unspeakable and full of glory. He had the right attitude in the midst of those situations. And he said, I have learned to be content in whatever. Said, I've had it really good and I've had it really bad, but in both I've learned to be content, he says. Prisons can't stop you. Lonely shepherd's fields can't stop you. God will get you to where you're supposed to be. Amen. You may say, I don't like my life. Here's the problem. You can't trade it in. You can't be someone else. 
You may have a thousand reasons to live unhappy, but you got to make this choice that you're going to live a contented life. If you're sour, you will get stuck in your life. God does not promote discontentment. Let me say it again. God does not promote discontentment. So you say, preacher, how do I change? Start focusing on the good things. Start focusing on what's right in your life instead of always focusing on all the negative things and all the bad things that are going on. It's a whole new way of life. It's a whole new way of living. Start focusing on what's right in your life. Focus on what you do have. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Freedom Talk is all about equipping you to walk in God's freedom every day. With a focus on outreach, Freedom Church loves to be part of what God is doing all over the world, both locally and globally. You can join Freedom Church for services Sundays at 10 a.m. at 4065 Grass Valley Highway in Auburn. We'd love to meet you, pray with you, have you visit as a guest, or you can join online at freedom-church.tv. If you've enjoyed this message, we'd love to hear from you. To ask for prayer or say hello, visit our website and click on Connect Card at freedom-church.tv. Join us next week at this time as we continue our journey of freedom in God's Word on Freedom Talk.